Welcome to Laughter, Dirt and Education, a podcast recognising and celebrating our rural and remote educators. From teachers, principals, teacher aides and gubbies, they share their real and inspiring stories of educating our bush kids. Come along each week for the often crazy and inspiring stories of education and see why these amazing educators do what they do. Welcome to our very first episode of the Laughter, Dirt and Education podcast. This week, I am very grateful to be chatting to the amazing Hannah Calcino. Not only is she an inspirational teacher, but she is also a huge advocate for the bush. I was very lucky to connect with Hannah via Instagram a few years ago, and I'm so happy to have her as the very first podcast guest. As you will hear, Hannah has proved that where you grew up does not always influence the path you will take in life. This is her story. So Hannah, thank you so much for being the very first guest on the Laughter, Dirt and Education podcast. I'm very excited to talk to you today. Thanks so much for having me, Amy. I'm excited to be here. So do you want to tell the audience a little bit about where you grew up, why you decided to choose education as a career? Yep, um, so I grew up on the Gold Coast. Um, both my parents are from the land, so I really got to enjoy the best of both worlds. Um, we spent a lot of our holidays out. Um, my dad's from Charleville. He was also a competitive full driver when I was growing up, so we spent a lot of time in rural and regional Queensland and New South Wales, following him around for competitions. Um, and then my mum grew up on a dairy turned beef property in the Gold Coast hinterland. Um, so from our house on the Gold Coast, it was 20 minutes to um, the family property where my grandparents lived. So I got to get all the good things of living on the coast and um, near the beach and all the resources and stuff like that that you get from living in a city. But then also the wonderful community and um, dirt and open spaces of rural Australia. Um, I got into teaching, I suppose it was funny, growing up I always wanted to be a primary school teacher and um, then I got to grade 12 and got to QTAC time so got to time to put in my uni preferences in and I freaked out and I was like no I don't want to do this anymore um and so I um went into political science and international relations and so my undergrad is in national relations yeah so so left a field um it came about because I was going through a university's like undergrad guide and the courses they offered and I went through and I like looked at all the like wrote down all the things that I thought I would be um, interested in and then my mum went through the same guide and um like write down all the things she thought I'd be good at and then the international relations was the common thread um so that's how that's how I ended up in it um and then so finished my probably about halfway through my undergrad I was like oh no I think I think teaching is what I want to do um but then the uni I was at didn't offer education so I um finished off my course because I was at an accelerated uni so I finished my undergrad in two years and then did my um, Diploma of Arts and Diploma Grad Dip 
to move into secondary school teaching, um, history and geography are my main subject areas, but I've now taught English and um, religion and HPE and all that sort of stuff as well. Wow, that's so crazy to think that like you have done a full circle really in some ways, even though you want to do primary, now you're in Mm. high school, that you ended up back there. Yeah, yeah, it's Yeah, that's exactly right. It's now that I'm here, I couldn't imagine being anywhere else. I could not imagine of having having a career from that international relations background. It's teaching is where I've always meant to be. Um, So it just got got a little way laid, but I'm actually really excited to see how in the future that's going to come into play elsewhere um, Mm. because government and policy, particularly around education, does still really interest me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's such a huge part of our job too. Like it's not just teaching we do have all the data collection all that that we have to take into consideration too and you probably have um the upper hand in that that you have a bit of that background as well which is fantastic yeah and I think that advocacy as educators in the bush that we have to do for rural education whether it's on a you know a governessing level or on a school level or a classroom level that advocating we have to do for our students um, and in terms of resources and policy um, and all that sort of stuff is so pertinent and so um, common and so I suppose that is that sort of feeds into that background as well of like politics and policy and stuff like that. That's wonderful and so when you finished your degree you went straight into teaching did you in mainstream? Yeah, so I so when I was at uni, I spent four years working as a sports coach at a girls' boarding school on the Gold Coast. Um, and so I coached everything from netball to badminton. I used to walk the boarders from their boarding house over to the touch fields when they had club touch. Um, I just sort of did a bit of everything. Um, and then so finished uni and then moved to Brisbane for to start my grad teaching position in another girls boarding school um, and then I was there for 12 months and I loved it I was so grateful to be in such a good school um, and such a school a school that was full of so much opportunity um, I was the youngest teacher there by four years I was closer in age to the year 12 students than I was to any other teaching member um, but yeah such I was so lucky to be in such a great community and probably probably about halfway through the year there um, I was I was like I love it here but I just think there's something more um, and I find cities, as many of your listeners probably will, cities really stifling. Um, I'm not yeah. a concrete jungle <laughs> type of person. Um, and then, so coincidentally, I, before I finished uni and I was at my first job in the sport department, I went on a marketing tour with this school to Mount Isa's Sports to Bush Kids Week. Um, and that's run by Mount Isa School Year and ICPA. And they ask boarding schools if they want to go and coach sport for a week. And all the kids come off the stations and get the opportunity to play in team sports that obviously they don't get to when they're geographically isolated and then they live where they live. Um, and so I got to go with that school. Um, and when I was there, I'd never heard of the word 
governessing before. Like I didn't even know what it was. And I met some really lovely girls um, and uh, they were all govies and I was talking to them about what it was like to be govy. And I went home and I was like, man, like that would be really cool. That would be so much fun. But I already had this job in Brisbane. Um, Anyway, so then I sort of like I obviously started my grad year and then um, middle of the year, about this time, and I was like, oh, surely, like surely there's something more out there. I got a message from um, a mum that I met when I was in Mount Isa on Facebook and she just said, hey, like, I don't know what you're doing next year, but we're looking for a govy if you're interested. And I just didn't even think twice. Um, My motto at the time was say yes and work the rest out later. Um, And so I did. And it took me, I think it took me a month to work up the courage to tell my parents <laughs> that I'd taken this job and I knew in the long run that they would be stoked for me um, but I had just like I just I was working in a really good job and so um, my dad was really excited when I told him um, and my, it's not that my mum wasn't it was just um, she was like but you have such a good job right now like what are you doing <laughs> Um, anyway, and then so I moved up into northern Queensland. Um, I was my closest town was Huendon, and I educated three sisters through Mount Isa School of the Air. And when I taught them, they were in grade two, grade four, and grade five. So this was in 2019. Um, and then I so that I everything in my life is defined by that moment. So there's everything pre being up north. And everything post, like it changed, it changed my life. Um, and I know that red dust, it got well and truly in my veins. And I know it does for so many people that spend time out west. Yes, um, definitely. And yeah, yeah. And then I, so I moved back to the Gold Coast last year. As much as I didn't want to leave up north, I knew that I just needed some more classroom experience. Um, so move back to the Gold Coast, so back to the school I was working at when I was at uni. Um, and then I was there for 2020. And then this year, um, and we talk about things going full circle. This year, I am back at the school that I did my grad year at. Um, and I am working in the boarding house um, as a boarding house supervisor and doing a bit of pastoral care work there. And then also teaching as well. So yeah, that's it's been a whirlwind of the last four years. I've moved houses far too many times. Um, but yeah, it's it's everything I've done has just added to my toolkit, I suppose. Um, and the experiences I have just set me I think set me apart from so many other educators in a mainstream school. Yeah. And I just love that I'm a huge believer in what is meant to be will be and the fact that your boss out there reached out to you by Facebook I think that was probably just the universe saying that was right for you and I guess Mm. when you were out there I guess that's when I discovered you so you made an Instagram page called the urban farmhouse and that has I know personally has been a huge inspiration for me because sometimes (laughs) as teachers you just think oh my gosh I'm going to be stuck in this job forever and I felt the same like there has to be more out there and I'd always want to governess, but I think once you have that degree, it's a little bit scary to take that jump. Mm. 
out of your maybe permanent teaching position. And so can you tell me why you started your Instagram page? Yeah, so I originally started it um, just to show my friends and family back home what life was like um, because I'd obviously come coming from the Gold Coast I had so many friends that hadn't like the you know the furthest they'd been west was Toowoomba um, and they so they just had no idea what it was like what life was like out there and I did so much learning and I wanted to share that with um, friends and family and so I started this um, Instagram page and then from there it sort of shifted from just the schoolroom stuff to the lifestyle um, and show and show really showcasing the um, tenacity and grit of people from the land but also the mm. adversity that they face and how we as um, like we in people in cities and consumers can really make a difference on their, um, like, their, you know, we can have such, play such a big role in, um, in, like, helping and supporting our friends in the bush. And, um, and then it sort of just grew, I suppose, obviously, while I was on the station, I was posting a lot about school activities and um, stuff like, you know, showcasing mini schools or the fact that we would drive for seven hours in, in a 12-hour period so that the three girls could run a combined total of 5Ks in the cross country and, you know, so we'd get up at 4 o'clock and would have to feed the sheep in the feedlot and do all the potties and everything before we left because there was no one else there to do it and then we'd get in the car and we'd drive three and a half hours to where we need to go and go to the event and then turn around and come back and and just the sacrifices that um, people from the land make to educate their children is huge. And I really wanted to showcase that. Yeah. So I suppose that's, that's where it started. But then um, from there, it, it grew, you know, you, you started messaging me and being like, what, how do I get into this? What do I do? And I had more and more people being like, I want to do this. This looks epic. Like, how do I? And so then I was putting people in contact with other families and um, that needed guvies and in in school to schools and stuff like that and yeah so then it just sort of kept going and growing and growing and I love that you're still continuing that now you've moved back to the east coast because I think you're such a great advocate for rural and remote businesses even though you're not physically remote or rural anymore like I think that needs to be put out there I guess that Others, even though you might not live in the country, can still support the farmers, the small businesses, especially yeah. during tough times. Well, and I think that it's that whole idea that knowledge is power. And um, when you know about the small businesses that you can buy your meat from and they'll deliver direct to you in Brisbane and the Gold Coast or the small businesses that you can support because they have beautiful little boutiques in country towns that you can buy from online and then they'll send right to your door. Um, or just simply how like the choices in your milk brand that you purchase can play a role in our dairy farmers as well. Um, my granddad um, has a, like his, his life motto um, is every family needs a farmer. And um it's you know bumper stickers everywhere all over the back of our cars growing up with that <laughs> with that phrase on it and it's just it's more than you don't have to be the farmer but you need to have one to be able 
and to support one to be able to help our economy, but also just our, um, you know, where our produce comes from and making smart choices about that. And so I just, I feel really blessed um, that I can continue to advocate for our rural Australians and hopefully give some knowledge to the city slickers um, about how their consumer choices can have a positive effect. Yeah. I just love that. And I'm probably going a little bit back here, but obviously there are so many great things to being a Govy, but correct me if I'm wrong, when you went up to Northwest Queensland, that would have been around the time that the big floods happened. Mm. How (laughs) was that? Like, I guess you're not only moving into a new career role, moving into it with a new family. And I think a lot of people don't realise when you are governessing, you become part of that family. They are your Mm. second family. And obviously you've moved away from home. How was that transition, especially with the floods? That would just add another, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine adding that (laughs) onto what is already a different change in your life. Yeah. Well, they say, psychologists say that you mimic the behaviour of the five people you spend the most time with. And um, I was the only permanent staff member on the station that I lived on. Um, And so there was the three girls and then my like two bosses, the husband and wife. And so um, I probably, I picked up so many um, like vernacular and the way I spoke and the way I acted from them, because you're right your dining room table is their dining room table and um particularly when you're working on a place that doesn't have a huge crew or anything like that you you are part of their family you're an extension of that so yeah so when I moved to the station I knew no one I um had not I'd been to Hewenden once um but I didn't even really know where it was anyway I was there for five days before it started to rain and um, we spent two and a half weeks um, flooded in. There was me and at that time there was two chopper pilots as well. Um, We had mould growing up our walls. That's how wet it was. Um, I ran out of clean, dry clothes um, because the air was just so damp. I couldn't get anything dry. Um, you it's black soil country which if you haven't experienced black soil before it just sticks to everything so it just doesn't it doesn't just stick to your shoes it then sticks to the mud on your shoes and so we had to stop wearing shoes everywhere um and I so in that time not only were we flooded in and um you know we're hiking literally from kilometers to try unbog cattle um I also broke my toe um, which oh was just an icing on the cake. Um, and so I did that because one night we were trying to go from the quarters to the house to eat dinner and the boys were in the buggy and they're like honkings on and I slid on the concrete path and I jammed my toe into the edge of the buggy. Um, and <laughs> fortunately my boss, was a nurse so we she mended me up but then obviously that was right at the beginning of the wet and I couldn't put shoes on because I couldn't wear them anywhere because it would just stick to everything and then so we just completely all abandoned the shoes and then one day I was trying to feed the potties that were under the shearing shed um 
and I stood on a rusty nail. So I had a broken toe and a nasty infected cut. <laughs> you don't do <laughs> things by halves with, at all the then. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. And um, I remember one night at dinner, we were probably we we're probably on like day 10 or day 12 of the floods. And my boss turned and said to me, and he, go, he said, you must, you must be really resilient. And I was like, oh, like, why? And he goes, well, you're still here. Like, I know so many people that would have fled by now. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so I suppose it was a real baptism of fire. Um, and then the cleanup from that was huge as well. And we, we were really lucky that we didn't experience some of the major losses that you saw further up in the Gulf or um, Julie Creek or Concurry. But um, my bosses were uh, helicopter pilots and helicopter contractors. And so they then after it was actually after it stopped raining that we got really busy because they were doing a lot of flying, trying to retrieve cattle and all that sort of stuff for other properties. Um, and so we were working like 16, 17 hour days. It was huge. It was all hands on deck. Um, but I don't look back on that experience with um, like with a negative view at all. It was just um, I'm fairly pragmatic. It was, well, oh, well, this is this is how it is. Might as well just get on with it. Um, and I think it really, it really taught me that when, you know, when you're, you're faced with adversity, you, you just have to adjust your sails. You've just got to adjust your sails and weather the storm. Um, and you build resilience by staring those challenges in the face and refusing to bow down, which is what pretty much the entire community of Northwest Queensland did during the floods. So I, yeah, we, I saw my bosses last week um, and we actually were talking about that, about the, the flood and just how far we've come. But the fact that we just were all able to suck it up and stick it out sort of thing as well. Yeah. And I love that. I think that really shows that you really were a team with your bosses, which makes a massive, massive difference. I know Gubbies who probably just personality clash with, their bosses and they don't like their job and I think that's totally okay and I think a lot of people need to realize that it's not you personally if you don't enjoy mm-hmm. the job like and I know now I have the most amazing bosses and it has made the biggest difference and we are a team and I think that makes such a huge difference in that respect yeah yeah, I um I always say to anyone that's considering governessing, like I was so lucky. I, without a doubt, those like the three girls, but then also my bosses are some of the most important people in my life today, still, yeah. and I think they always will be. Um, and you know, my like the wife is she acts. I speak to her like multiple times a week and she is my big sister and my confidant and like will give it to me straight when I need to hear it and I am just so blessed that I was able to find a family like that um and that's why you need to be when you're trying to um, find a job as a govy you need to be picky and you need to really understand the lay of the land and what you're getting yourself not like getting yourself into before you accept that job because I think it is such a fluid job description. Mm. Um, I was really lucky that I was just allowed to teach. So I taught and I did 
after school care and a bit of before school care. And I'd look after the girls when the, um, my bosses went away for something, but I wasn't expected to clean. I wasn't expected to garden and I'd help with meal preparation because there was only six of us most of the time. Um, but I think some gubbies, they are expected to clean and cook and, you know, garden and all that sort of stuff. And that's fine, but you need to understand that that's going to be part of your job as well when you take a job. Yes, yeah, and I think that's so really fun. important, yeah. Mm, yeah, so, and but as, as you said, when you find a family that you fit into, and it can't be easy um, to open up your entire house, your entire life to a complete stranger. Um, and so I think it's a real testament those to those wonderful families of how much grace and um, and faith it takes to bestow the education of your kids on on a complete stranger. And so I, I feel really grateful that I was given that opportunity. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, it's something that where if people do decide to do govern essay, they need to know the full scale if they are going to be mm. doing station work, if they feel comfortable with that um, cleaning, cooking, because, yeah, they're all huge things to consider when you are living and working together. Mm. You are very much a team. Yeah. So now that you are back east and you're working in a boarding house, yeah. do you think that has really, your experience out west has really helped you be able to communicate and advocate for your borders a lot better oh absolutely I am a better teacher because of my governessing experience both in the classroom and in the boarding house um, I love that I still get to even though I'm back in a metro um, area I, I'm still very much a country teacher um, and I'm still working in that rural education sphere, just in a just in a completely different context. Um, and I love that I know where these kids come from, and I've been to lots, like you know, where areas that they're from. And um, it was really funny at like orientation on the first day when all the new boarders came in, and I'd tell people that I'd been a govy, and they're like, "Oh, where?" And I'd tell them, and they'd be like, "Oh, not with such and such," and you know, they know my bosses or. Um, I have friends who were these kids' govies and there's just so many different connections. And I think because I'm able to see where they've come from and, and I, I know what life is like, I know that um, for some of them, they've never sat in a classroom before or for a lot of them, they're now in a school that's bigger than their hometown. And the, um, the challenges to the transition experience that come from just moving from a rural environment into a more urban one are huge and I feel really lucky that I'm able to see that and um, recognise that but also because I've lived that as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a much better teacher and educator because of that experience. I think that's so wonderful to hear. I just Those relationships, I guess, would be so much easier to forge with that experience mm. as yeah. well yeah I think it, it it's even just like funny little things like I just know the the language that they use like you know if they're they're on a cattle place and I can talk to them about what type of cattle they've got or they're talking about the fact they went camp drafting on the holidays and so I can ask them about how that went or um 
you know, they've been like mastering and they're telling me a story and I, I can visualize that because it's not just some foreign concept to me. It's their livelihood I've lived um, and it does, it has made our relationship, relationship with the girl my stronger. But no, I just love that. So I guess what would your biggest advice be? I'm going to put it in the context of teachers who are in the mainstream right now and are considering yeah governessing as their next career move what would you say to them do it like (laughs) do do not do not worry about um you know the the don't yeah don't worry about the fact that it might look like it's a step backwards because it's not Mm. um and I know moving from a school and a classroom into a school room where the work is created for you and you don't have to mark might seem like a bit of a cop-out but it is such a unique world and it is like you are going to learn so much about I know for me as a high school teacher the content I learned from the primary school Australian curriculum has made me a better teacher going back back into the classroom because I can think um connect the idea these ideas that it for the kids in grade seven and grade eight of what they did in grade four or grade five um and so make like I am a better educator because of the governessing experience plus the this the identity capital and the um professional capital that you are going to gain from yeah it's it's the the best thing that I ever did and I don't know a single person that has gone governessing and then came back and was like oh yeah that's all right probably wouldn't do that again yeah it is life-changing I think and a few I'm not sure if it was a few weeks or months ago but you posted a quote on your Instagram. and I think it came from a friend and said we've got a long time on this earth I don't want to spend most of it just getting through it and I love that I feel like that even I feel it like it sums us both up in a way that we have taken the leap to try something different mm. and I think it makes you a better person in a way like just having that life experience behind you even though we're both in our 20s how many teachers I guess can say they've had this experience mm. yeah yeah um that quote was from my dear friend Eloise who um she and we were she was at a crossroads and she was in um on paper a very good job and a job for she's the same age as us and so um a job for her being so young was really sought after and um she's a very smart lady and she she wanted to go back into the paddock and she wanted to go work as a ringer and this opportunity had presented us um itself and she was really hesitant about it um so she's actually back working with the family that I worked for um which is very special so oh, and she's wow. humble um so if you, if you need if you need some examples for um <laughs> that that leap of faith being worth it that like her you me um yeah I there's another quote that is um it's in the foreword of um a book called Educating Alice and it's about, yeah, it's about a um, young girl who came from a city who moved west to be governess um, and just her story. Um, and if you haven't read it, I would recommend it. And um, 
in the front of her book, it says, don't be scared to take a leap of faith is one, if one is indicated. You can't cross a, ch- a chasm in two small steps. Yeah, I loved Alice's book. I read it probably when I was in high school now. But And I guess what's next for you? Can you see yourself governessing or moving? I know you've moved so many times in the last few years, but <laughs> would you consider moving west again to whether that's teaching and mainstream or governessing um it's probably it's a case of um when not if my heart is in the bush um when I moved back you know people would say oh you're back and my mum would be like yeah for now like she's gonna go again (laughs) I'm really just biding my time I'm really grateful for the professional opportunities I've had um in the city and where I am at the moment is really great um but I red dust gets in your veins and you it's so hard to shake and I don't want to I I dream of open spaces um and I I think you know whether it's a short-term or a long-term dream I'm not quite sure yet but I will I'm I'm a bush kid I'm a city kid by geographic location but a bush kid at heart and so my my heart's out there and I think it'll only yeah be a matter of time really before (laughs) um it it starts to call again you just when you when you move back to a city and I very much had to do this you just sort of have to like silence that that desire that nag in you that's like go be in the open space go back to the bush (laughs) Um, I love that so yeah (laughs) oh well Hannah thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. I know our internet has definitely probably been a little bit slow at times, but that is totally okay. I think that really sums up rural life at times, which should never stop anyone just because the internet is slow. Um, Is there anything else you want to quickly add? You find much more productive things to do. Um, I just wanted to thank you, Amy, for inviting me. I feel really um, lucky to be considered um, for this and to be able to be your first guest. Um, I'm really proud of the step that you took because I I suppose I feel really lucky that I was there right at the start when you started, you know, thinking about being a gubby. Um, And so it's, yeah, it's really cool. And, yeah, just thank you. Wonderful. And I'll make sure... I will put your Instagram tag and your blog, which has so many amazing recipes, in the show notes as well. (laughs) Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Hannah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Laughter, Dirt and Education podcast. I can't wait to bring you a new story from rural and remote educators each week. Make sure you are subscribed to your favourite podcast platform and follow us on Instagram to keep up to date. Until next week, thank you.